morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chen is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. 706 here on your Wednesday morning. This morning with Stacey Bratzel, Daryl McIntyre, Morley too. He'll be back in with sports a little bit later. But we have a guest in studio for a fascinating and heartbreaking conversation because it really does land in both of those categories. Yeah, it's the story of Helen Naslin. She made nationwide headlines. I remember uh, back when this all happened, when she was charged with first-degree murder for killing her abusive husband near Holden, Alberta. So that's kind of by Vegerville. Um, much debate over domestic violence and what justice looks like for victims who turn into perpetrators. Her story in this discussion is now a podcast by The Globe and Mail. Feature writer for The Globe, Jana Pruden, has covered this case for years and is here in studio to talk about it. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to have you in studio. Nice to see you face to face. We've been enjoying having people be able to come into the studio again for so many years. Uh, th- this is a story that has... You, you've covered this for a long time. It's almost like you've lived a portion of this story as you've covered it. Yeah, I um, I first heard about it in the news in mm-hmm. the fall of 2020, around the time that Helen was sentenced. And I actually looked back in my files and I wrote a letter to Helen a couple of days later asking if she'd speak with me. Um, we I first met with Helen in the spring of 2022. So, okay. And I've been working on the case more or less since then. But this happened in 2011. Tell us the story uh, of, of Helen Naslin. Yeah, so it's a long story. It's about yeah, it it's about an eight-part <laughs> podcast series. Um, Just the bullet points. Yes. Helen, um, you know, uh, is a woman who lived in a rural property with her family, uh, her three sons and her husband, Miles. Her husband, Miles, was highly, highly abusive to Helen and the children. And in 2011, uh, the family reports Miles missing in circumstances that look like he maybe went off to kill himself, and he did used to threaten to kill himself a lot, so it wasn't very unbelievable. Um, Or maybe that these people from the city who had previously beaten him up, that maybe they had something to do with it. Um, But then in 2017, Helen Nasland uh, and her son were arrested and charged with first-degree murder, and one of her other sons was charged with helping dispose of the body. Um, In 2020, she took a plea to manslaughter and was sentenced to 18 years. And that's where these um, headlines uh, happen that you're talking about, sort of this uproar around the country as people, a lot of people reacted yeah, 18 years is a long time. Long there's, there, time. There's, there's, there's men who kill their spouses all the time that don't get 18 years. Yeah, and that's that's one of the fundamental questions that I had at the time, and one of the things that we look at in the podcast is really, you know, I personally have covered many homicides where men got less than 18 years for killing women who never hurt them at all. And I wondered why someone who had endured... Um, constant and severe violence, coercive control, sexual violence, um, and abuse from this man would face such a high sentence. Did you ever get an answer Um, as to why so long, why so disproportionate a punishment considering the background? Yeah, you know, I think we really did. And what we see is that there are some systemic reasons that that happened to Helen. And part of that is that the, the justice system was largely created by men for men. And even laws of self-defense really take in mind two men fighting each other, the circumstances of two men, which would not be 
the same as a woman shooting someone in the head as they're sleeping and unarmed. Um, so one of the things that we really do look at in Helen's in this podcast about Helen and her family is um, the systemic failures and the way that the justice and legal system fail victims of violence like Helen and in a large part fail the circumstances of women. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a heavy answer. It's a real answer. And it, this reminds me so much, this particular case, of the case of Ann Semenovich, who was uh, in the Edmonton area. Very similar. Kids helped her out afterwards. She had been abused for, for years and finally had had enough. And, uh, and, 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 and the same. So those are two similar, similar cases. Just in recent memory, there must be so many. So as you've gone through this podcast, as you've covered this story, how many more similar situations and stories have come to your doorstep and, and said, "Hey, this happened to us too." Yeah. Well, I think there's kind of two parts of that. the The idea of what's called in law, sort of battered woman self defense, sounds a little bit of an mm-hmm. old fashioned term, but um, you know, an abused woman fighting back against her attacker. Actually, the most, the first sort of known case in Canada happened almost a hundred years before Helen, which was a woman named Angelina Napolitano who um, killed her husband with an axe while he was sleeping. He was highly abusive to her and um, was wanting her to prostitute herself and she killed him. And she was sentenced to death and at that time there was a big uproar, international uproar, about the idea of putting this woman to death. And there have been cases since then that have become very high profile. There's a case, Angelique Lavallee in Winnipeg is sort of the case that's used as precedent. So it is really interesting to look at where that idea of self-defense for an abused woman, you know, how it has come up throughout Canadian law again and again. I think the second part of that question is, um, you know, how broad this experience is. And working on Helen's story and other stories of domestic violence I've done, it is so striking to me how many people disclose their own abuse to me, um, either abuse of themselves, abuse of someone in their family, something they grew up with. And it's so many, this happens to me almost constantly. And often from people, they're not, you know, public about what they've been Mm -hmm. through or what someone in their life have been through. And it underlines to me again and again how important it is to talk about this issue. And Helen's case to me, you know, when I first wrote to her, I said... I asked her to speak with me because I believed it could help other families and help other women. I tr- that's why she agreed to speak with me. She did not want to speak with me, but that's why, that's her motivation. And I do truly believe that. And knowing how many people are living with violence like this in whatever level, um, it is something we need to talk about and get out there openly before it gets to a situation where someone like Helen, who's been a victim her whole life, essentially, is facing the rest of her life in prison. We're speaking with Jana Pruden about her new podcast, In Her Defense, talking about the story of Helen Naslin, who uh, was sent to prison after s- uh, killing her abusive husband. You t- you mentioned you talked to Helen. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've only finished the first one. I'm, I'm working on the second one because it just dropped, uh, well, yesterday. Yesterday. Um, what does she think about being a, a poster child for this? And, and you know... She, she she could set some precedent here over over her life and and what happened. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, a literal poster child. When the written story I did about Helen came out last December um, in the Globe and Mail, it 
the whole front page, literally the face, entire yeah. front page was a picture of her face. And I went to the prison to drop off a print copy of the paper for her. And I, I knew that would be very shocking. It would be shocking for any of us to see our faces way over Absolutely. life size on, you know, a national newspaper. Um, it's uncomfortable. She is not someone that's looking for attention. She described herself to me once as um, someone who prefers to hide in the corners. And our interviews, um, I mean, it's hard to overstate how much courage it takes to do an interview like that. You know, it's our first interview was multiple hours. I'm asking about, you know, the worst things that have happened to a person and often things that have never been spoken aloud before. So much of this was in secret. So to share it with me, knowing that I will then go share it with others is extraordinarily courageous. Um, just, sorry, I just was going to say, you know, she doesn't um, enjoy that, no. but she does hope it will help. You know what? Uh, we need to take a quick break, Jenna. Yeah. We're going to stay with Jenna here and, and chat with her some more. We'll also hear a little bit from Helen Nasland and hear about her current situation, all as we continue on this morning here on 630 Chit. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Welcome back, everyone. 718 this Wednesday morning. We're uh, sitting down uh, having a, a really important discussion with Jana Pruden. She has released a podcast this week calling In Her Defense, the story of Helen Naslin. And he- Helen uh, is is a domestic abuse survivor turned murder defendant. Uh, you know, she lived just down the, the Highway 16 near Vegreville, and uh, this story, of course, uh, made national headlines, and, and now it's a Globe and Mail podcast. So let's delve into Helen's story, and uh, I've listened to the first podcast. She lived in a very small town, and domestic abuse happens. You talk to other victims of, of, of domestic abuse. It happens, and it's it seems harder than for somebody who who lives in the city and has perhaps more resources. Yeah, the circumstances the circumstances facing rural women are different and it does make it harder. You're highly isolated. I mean, even if you think about phoning the police, how long it takes a police officer to get to your farm to to deal with even something as it's unfolding is much different than in the city. Um, and, you know, a lot of rural people, I lived in the country myself when I started my reporting career, you know, a lot of country people don't want to go to the city. And to think of, you know, uh, someone leaving the farm, leaving all their animals, um, going to a shelter somewhere in Edmonton, uh, often your work skills are tied to the farm, tied to a rural lifestyle, leaving your whole community. Um, that's a very, very difficult thing for people. And if your self-worth has been beaten down, uh, you don't think you deserve to be able to leave in some cases. Yeah, I think, that, you know, the idea that someone can just leave is, um, and that's a, that's a question that a lot of people ask and a lot of people might have even listening to this. Oh, why didn't she just leave? There's a lot more complex than that. And it's a lot more dangerous than that. Uh, you talked to Helen a bit about that. Uh, we, we have just a, a, an excerpt from uh, from your podcast and we hear from Helen Naslin a little bit. And, and I, I assume this portion is she had tried to leave at one point. Is that is that what sets this up? Yeah, she tried to leave him once. And what did that 
experience show you about the possibility of leaving in the future? <laughs> that it would never happen. I got locked in the bedroom for the rest of the day. And I knew never to do it again. Like there was, he was out on the other side of that door with a gun that was, uh, and I felt bad, like my, my biggest fear was I didn't have the kids with me. I were told, you know, just, if I ever tried it and ever did get away, it would, he would hunt me down on the kids and we would all die. Would literally dispose of the kids while well, I could see it and then I would go. So now you know why it's not so easy to walk away sometimes. Those threats would be just, well, they'd shake you to your core. They do just listening to it. And those threats are real threats. We see stories in the oh, news the every time. single day of women who are killed by their partners or ex-partners. We know that leaving is the most dangerous time. Um, we also see stories where whole families are killed by a partner or ex-partner, where Sometimes there is a mass shooting like Porta Peak, like the James Chris, James Smith Cree Nation stabbings, where the perpetrators had histories of domestic violence and there is a domestic component. So even an idea that, oh, this just happens behind closed doors, that's just her problem, it's not. And that's in every survivor's mind what the consequences can be. And in the podcast, I do talk to other people who disclose their abuse and who talk about other women they knew who were killed by their partners. So the risk is real. And I think in Miles's case, um, he was a very, very, very dangerous man. And I have, I personally have no doubt whatsoever that he would have made good on his threat and killed her and potentially many her, other people. Her kids, right? Like that's what stuck out to me is like my kids. Yeah, that's something that she she would uh, protect at all costs, and obviously she did. Um, where is Helen now? What's what's up with Helen? Where is she? Well, Helen is out on parole now, so she's free. She is free, and she's living um, back in the country, and outside of a fairly large podcast dropping about her life. <laughs> um, you know, I I hope that she's able to move on with her life as, you know, she's had so much support from people. She's had so much connection um, from many survivors. And I know that it's been really meaningful to her when she was in prison. She had, I think at one point, over 70 pen pals, people mm. who wrote to her. Um, and, and it really is striking to me that for the first time in her whole life, she is free. There's no court process looming over her and um, and no abusive husband to come. No abusive to. husband. Yeah. Janet Pruden, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for talking about this. I mean, we could go on for a little bit longer, but you do have an eight-part series? Eight-part series. Eight-part series. But it is a they're, podcast. They're just sort of dribbling out, which... <laughs> a little bit at a time. Uh, makes me angry because I can't wait to hear the next one, so the first two are out. So thank you so much for joining us, where do we find them? Janet Pruden. Um, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> Look for In Her Defense, Janet Pruden. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thanks, Janet.